we got the we know the intro. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> you might. I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is read all over your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. So we have a little housekeeping before we get to the recap of birth, episode two of The Handmaid's Tale. Um, The first note is apologizing because we (laughs) did not realize that Hulu was going to punk us and drop... Three episodes at once. We were so excited because we were so on top of our shit. We were were patting ourselves on the back. We had our pilot episode loaded up, ready to Mm -hmm. drop at midnight, Mm -hmm. uh, streaming media style. And, and then the like, next nah. day, and I didn't even realize it until like 5 p.m. Me neither. Because uh, we both have jobs. Well, I'm, I'm also so skewed because uh, we were lucky enough to find the first three episodes in a box on the street. And so <laughs> when I saw other people on Twitter tweeting about like, oh, I watched all three episodes. I'm like, OK, they also found a box. Like, yeah, well, it wasn't part until of the, the literati. Our mutual friend Allison was talking about it. Uh, and I was like, how did you get all three episodes? Yeah. And then, then, oh, then it became clear. I was like, oh, dear. Oh, we were not God. as prepared as we thought. Yeah. My, like, butthole clenched so yeah. tight. I was, like, but so now our goal is to get caught up with episode four. And then they'll only be dropping one episode a week. And we should be fine. Yeah. So now we're done with yoga and breakfast caking. We got to get serious. Yeah. We got to really. We were going to yoga and breakfast cake <laughs> we again today. I'm so mad. But then we were like, No. We're going to go to Kelly's. We're going to get Beauty and the Bagel. And we are going to hunker down. Mm -hmm. And we're we're doing three episodes today. So you guys are going to have plenty to listen to. Absolutely. And we're very happy. And then just to address, we pre-recorded a bunch of the episodes, so we were not able to incorporate your feedback as we went along. So uh, it's a, I just want to address, thank you everybody for tweeting us and posting on our Facebook page your feedback. Uh, we know we goofed. With the Mary Martha thing. Yeah, we got him we got him backwards and I feel terrible about that. I won yeah. so many religion awards. <laughs> like this is absurd. It's like, wow, my misspent youth really <laughs> hollowed out the old data storage. Wow. So thank you for sending us that. Thank you for sending us what you think the smell of the matrix means. Thank you for sending us which politician you think Serena Joy is. I'd like to respectfully rescind my idea that she's Sarah Palin. I don't believe that anymore. I'm um, glad that you don't believe that anymore. Not because I would like think less of you if you did. I just think it's really not. Yeah, it's too she's You're just right. not. She's too refined. I gotcha. I gotcha. If anything, she's a Bristol Palin. Um, (laughs) uh, but anyway thank you everybody who's interacting on our facebook page thank you everyone who's tweeting at us uh keep doing it serena joy has definitely never been to a hockey match no match Uh, is that what they call it i don't remember my mighty ducks uh, (laughs) well enough to feel confident game hockey 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 exhibition a parliament of hockey (laughs) a murder of hockey <laughs> this is how bad I am at sports. I was talking about football and I'm like, I love their costumes. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> that ain't what that called. Oh my gosh. So all right, we're recapping episode two. Episode two. Birthday. Birth. It's just called birth, I think. Uh I w- did watch it Friday and I believe it was called birthday. Hmm. Well, my bad. I don't know. I, I am confusing it with that like Werner Herzog movie or something. <laughs> 
Oh, is that the one where like uh, Michelle uh, Nicole Kidman wants to fuck that little boy? No, it's Dogtown. No, I think that's also Birth. Wait, Birth is the one where like her husband dies and this little boy comes back. He's like, "I am your husband. Ew. Let's take a bath together." Gross. Yeah, I'm. I'm the older i get the less patience i have for art guys like i am seriously (laughs) turning into aunt lydia over here like ever since i became single every song i hear i'm like this is just really codependent love is stupid (laughs) i'll tell you what song came to mind at the very beginning of this episode kelly is uh she's going through all of the like colors of things and there was one thing i just wanted her to be like and there was also a blue house with a blue window. <laughs> blue is my dog. I got that I wear. You know what? And I want to say this because what is... I love the music cues in this show. Uh, I, I love all of them but one. And there's one that I hate with a passion. But we'll get... Is it in this episode? Yep. Oh my God, you're so wrong. Oh boy. You're so wrong and we're going to we'll get, get in... To it. We're going to get into Go such ahead. a fight about it. Inter- interrupt you. What is weird and it dovetails with, I think, some of the reasons maybe that you don't like this music cue that you're referring mm-hmm. to... All of the musical references in this are from the 80s. Right. Which I don't think makes sense. I think it probably makes sense for Bruce Miller, the Uh showrunner, Uh uh, or Reed Morano, the director of these Uh episodes. But if Offred and Moira are about our age, you know, somewhere in like their early 30s, late 20s, whatever, these are not going to be cultural flashpoints for them. Yeah. Um, The songs that are used in the show. Yeah. And that's the only... It's... Probably literally my only criticism. Yeah. Not that they wouldn't know these songs. Right. Because they would know the songs. Yeah. It's just weird. Should be more Weezer than like Liz Fair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It should definitely be, it should definitely be more 90s inflected. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So anyway, that's my only criticism about the show as a whole. Otherwise, it's a perfect baby child. It's a perfect baby Angela. <laughs> I think this is the episode where I found out I was ovulating because I was like, oh, those babies look real good. <laughs> Give me some. I um, that's my vagina's uh, voice. I like I ovulated last week and uh-huh. I wanted to fuck everyone. <laughs> and then like this week I'm just like, ew. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want any of this. I got all these pimples for no reason. It's just uh being a woman is so hard. Oh, I don't think we horrible. get enough credit no. for like how fucking awful like just on a on the daily. On the daily, my body is always up to some nonsense. <laughs> That I did not consent to. Truly. Ugh. Truly, truly, truly. Um, so there's three There's three big, and I've noticed this episode by episode, like there's three big things that happen okay. in each episode. So in this episode, we get birthday. So we get the birth yeah. of Janine slash of Warren's baby Angela. Mm-hmm. We see Offred slash June. It's very hard to decide what to call, call him. Offred. I, I know that's probably like ignorant and disrespectful to keep calling her Offred, but that's I'm how the, the that. AV club is like being very like we're calling them by like their pre Gilead names, uh, and I'm like, but we're in Gilead now. Like, get with it. Yeah. Again, Aunt Lydia <laughs> in training. It's happening. And Dowd, what's up? Teach me your ways. Yeah. Um, and then it we would just confuse me if you were to call them. All yeah. Their, their pre Gilead names, well, especially because we just read the book. Yeah, we did just read the book. So get off our backs, America. Um, and then the commander's invitation for Offred to come hang right. and play Scrabble, <laughs> the sexiest game. <laughs> I have some Scrabble. Did you know the biggest erogenous zone in the body is the brain? (laughs) (laughs) Is what people who have partners with small dicks say. (laughs) 
like biggest like next to that woman who wrote the piece about how she preferred to live in Victorian times in Exojane. My second favorite like cringe piece from Exojane is the woman who's like, "I'm demisexual. I can only have sex with people who are like really smart." It's like. Bitch, we all want. Is that, that like, like sapiosexuals? <laughs> yes, it's exactly uh, like that. I hate that. Secondly, perhaps I, I'm getting them confused. I don't too. know if my I've... apologies to the demisexual community <laughs> if it means something different. <laughs> it's people Clearly, who only don't fuck me because it's people who only have sex with Demi more. Oh, so yeah, that's a great. That's know, a great. To be honest, good for you. She looks amazing. She really does. She's a Scorpio. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ! If you're playing the Red Oliver drinking game, like drink and roll your eyes. <laughs> this is so fun. <laughs> I just really enjoyed tormenting you about this. Oh boy. Um, oh man, the the cinematography in this show is just it's breathtaking. so good. Just it's so good. I'm thinking particularly of the shot, which I think is kind of gets mirrored in episode three. But the shot where all the handmaids are sitting next to the wall, and in like the left side of the screen, someone is being like hoisted up onto the wall. It's a really mm. great shot. And like I said, yes. I think it, it really is foreshadowing of the part in episode three where yeah. we see that happen. Just gorgeous, gorgeous shots. Again, I'm struck in the show by how much handmaids talk, like just chat to each other. And it's so, I like Off Glen so much more in the show yeah. because she has a sense of humor. Like, and mm. in. I, I trust her more in the show. Absolutely. Because in the book, I'm like, who is this bitch? Yeah. Like, I don't like you. Get away from my baby girl, Alfred. She is trying to survive. Even though in the book, she's not. <laughs> in the book, in the book, she's just like, what else? I'm only doing this because I was on the underground female road. You know, like they made me do this oral history thing. Like, I miss because I watched this two times. Right, and she talks about how Anchorage is the new capital of America. I was very confused about, and this. there's only two stars on the flag. And I'm yeah. like, does that mean Alaska and Hawaii? Because I can guarantee you, I've been to Hawaii. If the United States <laughs> fell, Hawaii would be like, "Bye, bitches. We are not in this anymore. We didn't want to be. Like, get away. We're not part of this." But what do you think that means? I, I don't understand that whole that whole aside. Well, it means that Gilead has taken over the continental United States, with the possible oh. exception of one state. I see what you're saying. So, like the United, they're saying the United States only has two stars, which is like Alaska and Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and I'm assuming it's Hawaii. It that, could be. It could be a different state. It's just Kansas, and they're like, <laughs> "We're standing real strong, y'all." <laughs> they're like John Brown's body. We're still anyway. doing it. <laughs> uh, see y'all later. <laughs> okay, that's good. I think they're really doing an effort in this show to try to do more world building, building than the book did, just because they have more room to do that. I agree, and I always like honestly, world building is my favorite part I of know, anything. I love world yeah. building; it makes me so happy, <laughs> especially when it's done well. Absolutely, and I think it's done really well here. I noticed something really interesting, which is that the Putnam's house. So the Putnams mm-hmm. are the family that yeah. So of Warren is with them. Their house is so bright and open mm-hmm. and the commander Waterford's house yeah. with Serena Joy and Alfred is so dark. It, it is, is so yeah. dark. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did they just move there? <laughs> it just, I just, I think everybody has seasonal affective disorder because Serena Joy keeps it so dark in there. Be. I think that's happening. Definitely yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And the I mean, I know it's, it's seem to be wealthier than the water. They do, which is 
yeah in congress with the book kind of because the waterford is supposed to be like the highest well and they even say in the show that waterford in this episode off Glen is like he's really high up there it's interesting too i just realized now that they are they're coming down hard on so many things they're giving hard yeses to things that were so ambiguous in the book like june is her name uh-huh. waterford is the family that she lived with mm-hmm. they, they just are like hard uh, defining luke is, dead. luke is dead although i still don't believe it yeah i There's think enough episodes think, that luke could be alive i think well and i think well, I guess it could just be flashbacks, but O.T. Faberginelli? I don't know how you say his name. I've only seen it like on Twitter in that creepy photo that somebody... T- and there's <laughs> the a, old Navy photo. There's like, oh my God, it's so creepy. And then somebody was like, it's like the leftovers. And it is okay. like Luke and Hannah should just be disapparated out of that photo. <laughs> Have you watched the leftovers? No. You know what? You would hate it, I've actually. you were talking about takeout. No, 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 no. This is the show on HBO. Oh. Yeah. I love it, but I think you would hate it. Yeah, no, I'm not going to watch it. If you didn't like my reenactment of the VVH, <laughs> and I'm not going to do it. Please don't. I'm just saying, like, it's it's kind of like the Twilight Zone without, like, the comic relief. I can watch scary things. Okay. I just, my TV dance card is full at the moment. Mine is so full. Ugh. Like, Catastrophe's back on oh Amazon Prime, and I, I love Catastrophe. Last night. What else is... He looks like a magician. <laughs> I haven't watched any of the new episodes. Oh, no. It's fine. I don't think that really. That wasn't God, a spoiler. I love it. And like, so great. have you watched Pulling? No. Pulling? But I have started oil pulling with my teeth. So is that similar? How's that going? I think it's good. I didn't are, think to take a before and after pick. Are your teeth whiter? Maybe. Uh, I, my mouth tastes of coconut, which I is not wholly unpleasant. I don't understand how people have white teeth. Like, I just feel <laughs> like I'm not meant to have them. It's like uh, having not. Not having cystic acne and having white teeth. These are experiences that I don't get to have. Sorry, what were you saying about pulling? (laughs) Pulling is a show from BBC Three that Sharon Horgan did years ago. And it is, I'm hard pressed to say that there's another sitcom that I love more. I'll check it out. It is like these three bitches in their late (laughs) twenties, hard living, making terrible choices. And go on. It's like, they're all sociopaths and they all live together and it is just God. It is it is hilarious and gutting all okay, at the same I'm time. Watch it, it's I love so Sharon. good. I'm in love with Sharon. Hall. Yeah, and so she was the she was the writer on that, and she has a writing partner. I think it's like Dennis Kelly or something oh, like that. Okay. Although I could be wrong since I thought Matthew McFadden's name was Angus McFadden. <laughs> there is an Angus McFadden. I think he was in Cradle Rock playing mm-hmm. Orson Welles. Anyway, listen, we've gone far afield. Sorry, guys. What were we talking about with uh, regards we to the, the Handmaid's Tale? <gasps> We okay. were talking about... There's yeah. a world-building question I have that has not been addressed. Oh, great. Why the fuck is Nick always moving boxes? <laughs> What's in those boxes, Nick? Is it Gwyneth Paltrow's head? He's practicing for his uh, role on Law & Order <laughs> as a side character. Hey, uh, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think you're supposed to get that he's like just the general handyman and not the, the just the driver. But who has that many boxes at their effing house? Yeah, like what is he moving? Someone out to go shopping literally every day. Literally every day. What is in these boxes, Nick? Yeah. Listen, by the way, I want to bring up this very important conversation that we had offline about Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yes. And whether goop is part of Gilead. Because if it is, Serena Joy is a huge goop head. I think goop makes it. I think Goop, oh, Goop, has Goop, to make it. Goop is like so pro capitalism. They're like and hey, so pro blonde ladies absolutely. who've had babies. 1 like percent. So I think Goop totally exists. Well, they talk about also. I read this really interesting. I think it was either a Gawker or a Jezebel article mm-hmm. this week about how Goop 
kind of um, <laughs> makes up medical problems for rich white women. They're like, oh, you got to get your vagina steamed. Oh, oh you're, the plastic is killing you. Oh, it's this. Because they like literally need something to recreationally worry about. Like the wives in the handmaid's tale oh my god i think like in gilead they would try to be like yo gwyneth paltrow you like need a commander husband and she'd be like that's nice have some of my nut butter i'm gonna stay by myself (laughs) no i think good for her i think she'd be down to be a commander's wife yeah i don't know what you think being married to chris martin was (laughs) he's barely even an alpha male (laughs) also i just want to say the goop the goop the The goop goop is is on fire fire. see where's those musical references in this show like you're telling me that Alfred's best friend was black and she isn't into rap (laughs) come on come on come on bruce miller oh geez no he did say some really positive things about eliminating the white supremacy aspects of gilead he was like I know, but I'm saying, look, he's trying, Molly. He's trying. The men's are trying. But he was basically like, yeah, um, if we just did another all-white TV show, like, in this climate, like, what's the difference between being a show about racists and a show that is racist? Ah, that's interesting. I thought it was a really salient point. That is true. And I appreciate, like... There's so much inclusion mm-hmm. in this show. Alexis Bledel is Latina. No, yes, yeah, she fucking is, dude. Look it up on the internet. Wow. Yeah. She's she's incognito. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, as a fellow uh, white passing Latina, yeah. I, I welcome you. I thought you would be excited. I am. I, I didn't get it in the newsletter, the Hueda Oh, that's cool. Yeah. See, I get my Scorpio newsletter. You get your Hueda <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> oh, man. Uh so uh, to transition badly, they're uh, breaking down the churches, which I think they talk a little bit about, slightly about in the book. But I know that my man Keeper was very confused about this point when we watched I it. I mean, again, I think it is helpful if you were raised Catholic mm-hmm. in an area like Cincinnati is very, very Catholic. Like mm-hmm. people of a certain class only go to Catholic schools. Right. And our public schools sure. are a nightmare. Sure. But we're close enough to the South that there are a lot of Baptists. Okay. Some Baptists think that Catholics are going to hell. Oh, okay. You know, your mileage may vary depending <laughs> on your denomination and your particular right. community that you're in. But um, this makes perfect sense because they talk about the nuns in the books and, and yeah. how they're kind of witchy. So I tried to explain that to him as well. So do mm-hmm. you think it's just the general, like dislike of catholicism the problem with catholicism Mm -hmm. what things more okay there's a couple issues with catholicism that other people don't like Mm -hmm. um one is yeah (laughs) people don't like catholics Next, you're gonna tell me people don't like Jews. Oh, uh, they really hate Jews. Wow. Like the like the the level that people don't like Catholics. Oh, multiply goodness. that by like ten thousand. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. I There's a lot, lot of prejudices in the world, Molly. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Politically, the problem is that Catholics ostensibly owe their highest level of loyalty to the Pope. So that was when JFK was running for president. You know, a lot of the criticisms were like, whoa, like what if we have a president and his first responsibility isn't to the Republic, but it's to the Pope. Then the other issue is that um, there's a lot of iconography 
and statuary mm-hmm. and ritual okay. in the Catholic Church. It's not about having a personal relationship with Christ, okay. which is what the Reformation was pretty much about. The Reformation was like saying, okay, it's messed up that we have to go through all these bureaucratic channels to talk to God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ridiculous that everything's in Latin. It should be in the common language. People should be allowed to have access to this. Right. Now, granted, Gilead would probably be really into that. See, that's what I'm. Conf- but I think that's but the problem is. is the problem is when also people aren't into the whole transubstantiation slash cannibalism aspect of Catholicism. Okay. They think it's icky. They think it's creepy. Yeah. I've always found it endearing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so you think that Gilead is just anti-Catholic for those reasons? Like what? Yeah, is and the religion an- in Gilead then. Just the religion Christian? is it's it's a very specific strain of Protestantism. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because I couldn't. He, I, I knew that was like in the yard of the answer. But well, because and they and they that. hate they hate Quakers, okay. they hate Jews, they, they hate Catholics. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, um, we don't really. Well, we do get some some anti-Muslim rhetoric in the book. They call that out specifically. Oh yeah. So there's definitely Islamophobia going on. Right. So you know it's it's not too far off from the evangelical far okay. right. Okay. That's um, you know the quiverful movement, that whole thing. Right. So that's why they're they're destroying the churches. I read a really interesting article by Alyssa Rosenberg, who's my favorite cultural oh. critic of all time, uh-huh. um, mainly because she once quoted me on her blog before she Ooh. got really successful. We were talking about the Baroque cycle by Neil Stevenson and Dee Dee. <laughs> I had a lot to say about Eliza. <laughs> But she was just like, listen, we don't need to put this whole Trumpism thing on The Handmaid's Tale. Like, it can stand on its own merits. Like, and I agree that is really prescient, but I think it's also dangerous to overestimate how much of this is, like, happening right now. You know what I mean? To, to overestimate? Like, what is happening in The Handmaid's Tale is not happening right now. Sure. And I understand that people are, like, afraid of where it could go. But, like, there's certainly shades of it. There are shades of it. But it's also, like, it doesn't have... I think her point was, like, it doesn't have to be prescient to be totally amazing. Well, and- sure. But I think that it's... The the reason it is prescient is because we're constantly coming up against these same problems mm-hmm. and will likely come up against these same problems until we're like one brain inside of a computer that sounds so restful Ugh, don't like it that sounds so <laughs> peaceful to me but i mean granny you're talking to somebody who recently said to somebody else man if there is an afterlife are we gonna have to go through this shit all yeah. over again i am so sick of personal growth i can't even tell you but so, so she's saying obviously that should it should stand alone and not overestimate Mm-hmm. How much it relates. I just, I feel like, and I always, look, I literally moved to California to be a moderate. Right. Like, <laughs> that's literally why I moved right. here. So it's like, it's been interesting because there's so much hand wringing. Yeah, but like, I think there should be. I genuinely <laughs> think there should be because so much of this book talks about how, what happens when we choose like government safety Mm -hmm. over individual freedom. And so there's, there needs to be a balance. Right. And it Mm -hmm. also talks to me, it talks about, and the, the move, the show does maybe a better job of like ironing this out a little bit, but in the book, the idea that like people were going to the marches in the beginning and then they're like, eh, yeah, no, that wasn't why it was because people were getting shot. Well, yeah, but they, 
yeah okay fine but and still- that, I, so that's exactly my point you have a very solid point is like oh like when trump first took office everybody was marching everybody was going out and demonstrating right. and then now we're all kind of like well well it's like we're all back only yeah what you're used we're going to. back to quote-unquote normal whereas the distinction is in the book and mm-hmm. in the show the reason the marches dissipated was not because people were complacent it was because That's- they were literally getting shot fair and i will say i don't think we're gonna see widespread systemic change on gender until people start shooting white women yeah unfortunately unfortunately that is what it is going to take because for some fucking reason white women are the stupid fucking barometer in this goddamn country it's like our safety (sighs) is is the thing that motivates people which is so fucking stupid it's crazy the the last thing that i will say on this topic is I think the the thing that I think we stand to take from this book is don't let bad things become normal things. Mm-hmm. And also when they come... Which is hard as a woman because you get your period every month. <laughs> if you're lucky. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and then the other point I think is take care of everyone because i think what happens in this book and they haven't talked about it yet in the show is like first they came for the sex workers and Mm -hmm. everyone's like "Eh, we could use less sex workers Mm -hmm. but then it's like a slippery slope to coming from like the a lower tier to the sacred like white woman and i think but i think that feminism has a lot to learn for that like don't be like yeah throw trans women under the bus Mm -hmm. throw women of color under the bus like if we all are gonna make it we all have to make it together so like take care of everyone take care of sex workers take care of transgender take care of just take care of take care of disabled women like as a group of people, we all need to do a better job at taking care of each other because the world doesn't want to take care of us. I miss when the only slippery slope we had to worry about was people marrying their dogs because oh, gay God. marriage is legal. <laughs> God, I was going to marry the fuck out of oh, some dogs. So loyal. So loyal. <laughs> so kind. Uh. <laughs> What I'm struck by in this scene where, you know, they're seeing the church getting pulled down, we see um, the the black van of the eyes pull up and, and they are literally like talking about subversion and Afra is like, oh, they know. Um, Speaking of butt tightening. Like- yeah. So, you know, they get out, they find some guy, they load him in this van and I'm like, Jesus, being a fascist is so much work. <laughs> It is so much work. It goes back to what you keep saying. Like, who's having a good time? No one's having a good time. This is not fun or cool. I don't even like having a regular job, (laughs) let alone a job where I have to, like, uphold the principles and safety of the state. Sorry, Larry. You can't go golfing today. You got to scoop up that guy on 14th Street. (laughs) Oh, but I have a tea time. No, sorry. Not anymore. Fascism. God, fascism. Uh, they also talk about Alfred's dad, which is kind of a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, because kind of it's barely me. mentioned. And I'm... Yeah. The other thing that is notable, we have not heard hide nor hair of her mom. Yeah. Which, again, this is another little thing that needles me about the music choices because, okay, if there are, you know, contemporaries and we're assuming mm-hmm. this is happening at some point in the last 10 years okay. or currently, you know what right. I'm saying? So it, the timing doesn't work out for her mom to have been, you know, one of these, you know, second waivers in the 1970s, which right. is clearly what she was in the book. Right. But she could have conceivably been a riot girl. Sure. Potentially. If she was a child in the 90s, oh, yeah. her mom That's could true. have been a riot girl. 
That's true. Or at the very least, you know, she would have been a very like sex positive Lilith Fair 90s feminist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm just curious if they're going to bring her mom in at all. I hope they do. I really I hope they do too. Really I think she is really important because if you don't get the counterpoint of this sort of multi-generational mm-hmm. thing, like whether they keep their rad femme undercurrents right. or not, but it's like you need to be able to see the um, the aunts mm-hmm. and the mom, like the similarities and the differences I think are really resonant. Absolutely. And I also think it's weird that Moira's partner isn't like around more in these flashbacks. So I have something interesting to say about this. I don't know if I was going to save this for the next episode or not, but whatever. Just kind of an interesting uh, literary (laughs) thing. Uh, Moira's girlfriend is named Odette. So that's another woman who is like trapped against her will. Because if Odette is from Swan Lake, you know, that's a person. Girl, I love Black Swan so much. <laughs> well, it. I love the Swan Princess, friends. So it's pretty much the same movie. I think you and I, you and I, are like a light and dark version of each other. I swear to God. <laughs> well, you do have a mustache. So. I do. I do <laughs> have a mustache. I am. Version. I am. I'm evil, Molly. <laughs> uh, so sorry. Were you? Did you have anything else to say about? Oh, I'm sure we'll see her. Her partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I think it's weird. Um, and this is in the next episode. This is why I should never watch ahead. I know. Because I'm like, ah, this thing. But, you also, know, it's the a good news. to binge. Yeah. This show. It is really hard. Like, I only was able to watch like one episode a day. I feel like I've been depressed this whole weekend because I oh, binge. Oh, honey. <laughs> you know, it was weird though because watching it the second time was less upset. Okay. I mean, it's, but I mean, like the first time I was freaked out. Like, I was very yeah. upset, and we'll get to the okay, really we'll upsetting to stuff. We'll but, um, okay, the other thing I want to say there's some really beautiful phrases Ooh, in this yeah. episode. I wrote A hangover well. of an extinct reality. Oof. 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 And Emoth's delivery on this stuff is so mm, flawless. It is choice. Very it is good. choice. She's got great delivery. So, uh, <laughs> so we get. I will say also that this episode was like. Oh, you kind of fulfilled my fantasy of of Elizabeth Moss eating a cookie, and then I was like, "Nah, <laughs> just kidding." They were like, "Tricked you, tricked you, Sanchez." No more cookies. No more cookies for Emos. So Nick tells Offred he like, and this is done a bit differently than it is in the book. We don't get the sexy middle of the night. She's gonna steal something. They're just they're just hanging out. Max Mangala, like I cannot, I cannot even those lips, those <laughs> eyebrows. Mm, mm, like I could just look at him. Like I don't you even need. I mean, I'm not ovulating, so I'm like, Ew. <laughs> but like also very handsome. But uh, he's like, hey, uh, the commander wants to see you. He's like, tonight at nine o'clock. I'm like, what the fuck time does Serena Joy go to bed? I know. Well, I think it's that they know, like in the book, that she's still hanging out at the Putnam's house. <gasps> but the birthmobile hasn't showed up yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, and in the book there... And that is real early. No, in the book, <laughs> in the book, he tells her to go meet him, and they don't even know that it's going to be birthday at all. Right. So right. it's just sort of like, oh, like it's going to be fine. Work you out. know, I don't know. Maybe the wives all have an early bedtime. Maybe. I mean, it's uh. it's very infantilizing, so it seems plausible. <laughs> I, here's something interesting. What do you think we're supposed to make of that really close-up shot of Offred's shoes? There's no laces. That's what I thought as well. Yeah. There's a there's an article about it in Vanity Fair, which oh. I'll share on the Facebook page, um, with the costume designer, who also did the costumes for Westworld. And I didn't like Westworld very much, oh, but I, I did do. love the costumes. costumes the costumes great. were terrific. So, um... If I'm understanding it correctly, are her boots like folded over at the top? There's they looked like they were like shaped up. There's a um a cover where the laces okay. would be. Gotcha, gotcha. And gotcha. it's interesting too because in the book all the shoes are red. 
Mm-hmm. And they Little made this choice things. to not do that. Uh-huh. So, you know. The costumes are gorgeous. They're so beautiful. Like, they're stylish as hell. What do you make of, like, uh, there's, like, a Handmaid's Tale fashion line coming? Oh, no. I, you know what this oh, reminds me of? No. It reminds me of when The Hunger Games came out. And yes. they did that line of nail polishes. Yes. And it was like, um, yes. do you I understand what these books are about? Oh, God. And they're like, look like a person from the Capitol. It's like, bitch, we don't want to look like a person from we don't god do you love the hunger games movies i like them i love them i really love the them. first one in particular it got a really bad rap but i think it's it stunning yeah people people didn't like the first one they liked the second the second one better hmm. the second book is my favorite which is an unconventional choice the first hunger games book is still my favorite yeah. but i love that series mm-hmm. and i love i really like the movies i think they're super duper well cast mm-hmm. i, I agree me too into it all right cool i love okay. it when we agree on stuff mom yeah yeah we can it's a good time uh, but sorry who's making this national line i can't remember it's tricky because i was i'm of two minds because i keep looking at their like three-quarter sleeve red dresses and going like red is a really nice color mm-hmm. on a bunch of people oh yeah it's and really it's like cute flattering and honestly and, and i love the the blue turquoise that the wives wear now are you seeing a, a blue there because i think there's something wrong with my eyeballs i keep seeing the wives in green um there might be something wrong with my eyeballs honestly uh, look <laughs> color is an illusion molly everybody tweeted us what color yeah what color do you think the wives are wearing the they looked more blue to me this time Really? Okay. Yeah. When we watched it at your place, and it might just be the settings on your TV. Oh my gosh, because they looked more broken. green. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I'll have to watch it. Maybe when. Well, when yeah, we're watch. gonna watch the next episode, right. so we'll we'll report back. But yeah. you guys, you guys, let us know what you think. Yeah. I Jeez. also really like the straps on the Martha's aprons. They're like a they're like a really attention. they're like a really wide cross on the back. Huh. It's really cute, and I love Rita in this. By the way, yeah, particularly well, on second watch, Rita and Cora. Yeah, and I yeah. just I but I did the actress's performance is really great, and I like I just like the way that they're playing her. You know, I was bummed. I was bummed that we didn't get the right. Rita Cora <laughs> split there, but I think she's doing a really great job. Very cool. So it's so fucked up. We go into the the Putnam's house again. It constantly strikes me as so fucked up that they do this like charade with like the wife of like breathing. And that was actually more upsetting the second time. Oh, it's so. Upsetting. I was just like, it, it, it's so rude. Also, that it's so rude. Self hemorrhoids like straining like that when nothing yep. is actually coming yep. out of her body. Like, yep. Be careful. Well, they don't care. <laughs> For their purposes, hemorrhoids uh, are not. Get a hemorrhoids or like burst a vein in your face. I don't want that to happen to her, even if she's How pretty. How awful do you think the sex between the commanders and the wives is? If it happens, like that's what I'm like. Ugh. Well, I think though that there are all these like. I genuinely don't think Waterford's alone in wanting the girlfriend experience. Right. So I bet, like, honestly, I bet there are a bunch of, like, commanders who, like, after the ceremony try to be like, hey, mm-hmm. to their wives. And their wives are like, get away, you It's weirdo. really disconcerting. I don't like it. My big question about the birth party, I don't know what you'd call it, but it. Um, all the handmaids put their bonnets on the table. And I'm like, bitches, how can you tell the bonnets <laughs> apart? They're identical. <laughs> Are they bespoke? Do they have your commander's matter. name in I them? Just, I have so like many it, questions. Three like D glasses at a, a theme park. It's like it kind of doesn't matter. See, which this is my video. this is my kind of obsession. Did you read Ramona Quimby when you were a kid? Yes. Like Mike Mulligan and the steam shovel. Yes. Like I always have these like logistical questions. Like Ramona was like, "When did Mike Mulligan go to the bathroom?" And I'm like, <laughs> "When did he though?" And the teacher is just like, "They don't pay me enough oh for this shit." <laughs> Sweet Ramona. I love Ramona so much. She speaks so much to like the angst of being a little kid and just constantly not knowing what to do. Yep. Yep. (laughs) 
I'll do a Ramona Quimby podcast. Don't fucking tempt me. Oh, do man. Do not tempt me. Dude, we could get into some Beverly Cleary deep cuts, get into Ellen Tebbets. Ooh, or get into 15. Oh, man. I love that. <sighs> we'll call it egg all over. <gasps> Girl. Oh, my God. I think I just came. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I think I just ovulated whoa. again. Speaking of egg all over. I love, I am just really taken with this idea of having, being surrounded by women while giving birth. I think that's very cool and I'm into it. I agree. And I actually love Aunt Lydia in this scene. Yeah. I was She's so supportive. She is too. I mean, she, like, but look, kisses, I mean, uh, Jenny yeah, and this face. is, this is, this is the point of her work. Absolutely. This is, you know, whatever the training is for the ants, which mm-hmm. I can only imagine is, more psychologically yeah. intense Jeez. than the handmaid because like they're to allowed to hurt the hand i don't feel like the Ooh. the ants are allowed to be physically intimidated but anyway yeah but she is just and like all the women are so kind to each other in here this broke my heart oh my god just when they all the beautiful like shot of them all circling mm-hmm. around janine which made me cry in the book definitely made yeah. me cry in the show well and i I'm interested. They are making Offred so much more sympathetic to Janine, which which I think is important. I think it is, but it also makes me uncomfortable because my my anti-Janine bias from the book is very Mm -hmm. strong. And I read an interesting interview, which we'll also post on the Facebook page. Uh, Incidentally, uh, our Facebook page (laughs) is read all over a Handmaid's Tale podcast. Hey, Mal, what's your Twitter handle? It's uh, at Serious Molly. Cool, cool. Mine's at the Fatling. All right, I'm trying to get to 5,000 followers by the end wow. of the year. I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah. um, if you guys could all, like, you can seriously just follow me and mute me. This is just. That'd be fine. Yeah, you can This is just too, part of my psychotic OCD counting <laughs> thing. So. <laughs> How many do you have to get to get the little check mark? That, I don't know. Like, that is variable. Oh, okay. It's more about, like, do you have a position? that's verifiable like mm, no. anyway i'm not even i'm not even thinking that far ahead mall i just want to get to five thousand, and then uh i will have a new goal to, to try and achieve i will say since starting this podcast a lot of my dumb jokes are having a lot of better engagement yeah mine so too really so thank you to everybody who has everybody. followed us like it really is awesome like we you know we're comedians and so for yeah. people to be like appreciating what we're doing yeah we're comedians with day jobs as well so yeah, it's I really like it. it's really helpful throughout <laughs> the grind of the day to to get that little mm-hmm. that little validation yeah from the little blue bird <laughs> i don't know what's wrong with exactly. me i don't exactly. know what's wrong with me um Oh, and here she doesn't say smell of Matrix. She says the smell of Genesis. Den. Oh, Genesis and the smell of yeah. dens. Yeah. I think that's better. I also think it's better. On Twitter kind of explain a little bit what they thought the, the smell of Matrix mm-hmm. was. I think it's the smell of Genesis makes more sense. I do too, because it's biblical. Um, oh, for my money, honestly, the handmaid's birth room could have been grosser. Because like in the book, like Janine straight up like shits. Yeah. But you know, people are still so squeaky about the realities of childbirth. I know, but I thought that like that is such an important distinction between what the wives are like play acting as childbirth Mm -hmm. and then what childbirth really Mm -hmm. is. So I would have liked some poop. And also, I was like hoping for like my favorite Janine lines in the book. I have to go to the can. I have to go to the can. I have to go for a walk. 
I'm fine. It's okay. <laughs> I know. I was sad when she didn't say she needed to go yeah. to the cam or the washroom even. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> come on. I uh, thought the, the newborn baby was relatively convincing. Oh, this is actually. Oh, my gosh. There are some tiny, tiny babies um, in this show. Because what we're not talking about is the flashback oh. to when Alfred oh. is giving. Well, June at that point is giving birth to Hannah. So she and Luke get to the hospital and there's all these pro like it's unclear if they're protesters no, or they're th- not. They're, they're, they're like, like praying. They're like trying they're like a rally trying yeah. to get them in there. Yeah. So they that is, I think a fascinating way to do it. Do you think that well go ahead. Well just what's really interesting is so she gives birth to Hannah and it's a really sweet scene when she's mm-hmm. just sort of like cuddling her this and saying, my ovaries you smell bloated. so good. And like that Luke, Luke is cute. passed out and snoring. And then the nurse comes in and is like, Hey, her test came back. She's healthy. She's perfect. And you know, Oh, it's going to be, gonna it's going to be okay. Mal. I, like, I mean, it's not going to be I'm okay. Not, not for any of my, these people, but genuinely chokes me. <laughs> Um, the nurse takes Hannah to go have her first bath mm-hmm. and Alfred goes with her to the nursery. <gasps> Ain't no babies in that nursery. If you've ever been in a maternity ward, there's you know, there's supposed to be a, to be a whole yet. bunch and there's people outside the glass peering in. And she asked the nurse, like, what happened? She's like, well, two of the babies that we had were are now in um, ICU and the rest are with God. And it's really like this woman has like a genuine faith that is like very mm-hmm. touching and interesting to me. And my question, which will never be answered because she is shot, is like, I wonder, like, would she have been pro-Gilead? Like, what is her, you know, how, what is the shape of her faith? And what is it, what does it allow? But then what happens is Alfred has fallen asleep and Hannah is gone and she goes looking for Luke and he's gone to get a snack and he comes back and she's like, well, where's Hannah? I thought you had her. So they start kind of, and like the, the whole ward is like deserted. There's like nobody there. But then they see down this hallway, the nurse has been shot in the head. There's an alarm blaring. Alfred sees this woman who is holding Hannah and she is clearly deranged. And she's saying, my baby's alive. I knew my baby was alive. And Alfred's like, it's not your baby. And like, it's what scares me so much about this scene is that. Offred is so scared, but you have to be so gentle because this woman is nuts. If she just holds her arms to the side, oh god, beautiful, oh god, falls. This perfect against all odds baby that is healthy. And it scared me when the police are trying to get her because I'm like, you guys are being real and rough. I, I watched it the second time and I was like, how did they get the baby out of her arms? I don't like, know. Anyway, but they do. And then, you know, Alfred is like, look at my bracelet. That's my baby. That's my baby. And it's just, it's gutting. It's awful. Now, I thought this, ugh, I am crying. It's okay. Uh, it's okay, Molly. It's <laughs> fine. Dork. You're not a um, dork. You're just a human being with a soul. I thought this, so this scene replaces the scene in the book where they talk about her being in the grocery store mm-hmm. with Hannah as a, a toddler and somebody taking the I baby. thought this was such a great change. Yeah. I, such a great I change. I like, saw what was going on, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is, this is mm-hmm. where it happens. And I was kind of upset about it because I think child snatching is scary at any point. But just to have this new baby, mm-hmm. and I think what's scary about it is it's somewhere that's supposed to be so safe. Mm-hmm. And when you start showing establishing that even the safest places can't be trusted, that's when things get really scary. And, I, and this yeah. is what, like eight or nine years before she was uh, captured? No, because Hannah gets, they capture her when Hannah's five. Oh, why did I think she was so much older? She looks, the little girl, the actress that they have playing her 
uh, is likely older than mm-hmm. that. But in the book, she's five. And okay. I don't think they've established that she's anything different than okay. five. But cool. in the book, she's like five or six. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So five years before. But it's interesting to establish so early on that there's this very like children of men Mm-hmm. esque like super duper infertility yeah and it's, it's not clear in the book whether or not the woman snatching her from the grocery store was related to the fertility crisis i think they do a way better job in the show of like they, delineating exactly what this means no i actually think they do because they say I, I think i believe in the book she says the same thing where she's like this is my, this is my baby i thought she was gone but she's back okay i don't i remember. think so unless I'm i projecting. did hear um our mutual friend allison mick hey uh, at Allison underscore Mick on Twitter. Very funny. Uh, so funny. But we were, t- she loves like true crime and all these oh, yeah. horrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was, <laughs> look, she just loves it. I, you know, it's, it's what makes her, though. it's what makes her happy. Um, but she was saying, this is so common in oh, the United yeah. States. And like, it's specifically the United States because our healthcare system is really? so fucked up. Yeah. Like women who lose babies wow. lose their minds. And then they go steal other babies. Dude, did you ever read the Face on the Milk Carton series? Girl, did I ever read the Face on the Milk Carton series? That's a good series. I'm a big fan of Caroline B. Cooney, (laughs) okay? Caroline B. Cooney is awesome. Did you ever read Flight Number 116 is Down? No, but I read the one like Greek mythology book she wrote. I don't think I read that one. I don't remember. You should totally, like, even even now, read Flight Number 116 is Down. It's about this chick. Um, who lives in like a really like rich house in like Connecticut or Uh something and a plane goes down in her backyard and her parents are out of town. Oh no. Uh, It is brutal. It is one of the most brutal young adult books I ever read. So I'll add this also uh, interesting uh, uh, housekeeping notice. We're we're keeping track of all the books that we mention here uh, and we're making a Goodreads list so we can share with you if you have any interest in reading any. Yeah, dudes. Um, yeah, but Face on the Milk Carton also has that kind of same idea of like women are crazy when they lose mm-hmm. a child and so they try to replace it yep. with a a new one. But geez, that's so scary. It's, it's so, so scary. scary. Honestly, everything about this, I'm just like, good job not having a baby, Kelly. See, it, I Look, had always thought that and then I saw these beautiful, tiny, <laughs> tiny baby actors. That's another kind of fucked up thing though too that somebody's like, my baby looks real fresh. Here you go. She can I, be on this show. I have so many issues with like, child like acting. That. Did you see the casting John Benet documentary? I cannot. I, I, Allison, I, same out. I haven't, it was bad, I so haven't, I haven't watched it, it but, but just even the premise of it makes me want to vom. It's icky. I it's so icky. I wouldn't, let my daughter act in that <laughs> no i, I like well, listen, just... as a little kid that wanted to be an actor mm-hmm. real bad and was like constantly mad that my parents wouldn't let yeah. me do it i don't mind like little kid actors whatever yeah truth. but baby baby actors i just feel like it's, it's a real ethical gray area <sighs> except for i did once see a like tv documentary about how they make the ann gettys calendars and it seemed, you know what the, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I right? do, I do. It was like very sweet, like just like s- scooping up these sleeping babies mm-hmm. really quietly and like <laughs> casually placing them on a lettuce leaf. <laughs> I've really always, cute. I've always wanted to do a sketch about Ann Gettys like being like a like brutal like taskmaster. That would be hilarious. And just like, and I also I also actually want to do a sketch um, about baby Juilliard. <laughs> I don't believe those tears. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, babies. I love, that. I love, 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 love. They took the imagined scene in the book where she imagines how the wives treat a handmaid. <sighs> 
They make it super it. text. They make it happen. Good choice. And it is awkward. I will never look at a macaron in the same way. Well, it's just, it's so dog-like. It is. And it's like, it's weird because even like the one woman who's like Scottish, mm-hmm. um, who's like, would you like a cookie, dear? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're like one of the nice ones and you're still a bitch. Like, it's so awful. The same thing happens. Like, as soon as she leaves, they're like the whore. Yeah. They're like a little whores. I'm like, it's so not their fault. I know. (sighs) I'm just going to go back to Othello yet again. Uh, (laughs) What ills we do, their ills instruct us so. (laughs) Hashtag kill all men. Oh, drown all men. So something uh, my man keeper said as we were watching this and asked me to write down so that his joke could be relayed <laughs> just like a man <laughs> imposing himself on this female only safe space but it was funny so i got it oh i also feel like i shouldn't watch this with men anymore because it just makes me so mad like i just don't want honestly I can't, i'm not here and i i i love mitch but it's just like he wants to talk about it because he hasn't read the book so mm-hmm. i have to like explain so i get the same feeling you like have when to mansplain t- the handmaid's tale exactly. <laughs> like it would be like if we were mitch doesn't like sports but if he did and i kept being like who are we reading for yeah what is this? I, I, I don't have to say I've really been enjoying watching it either with you or by myself. Yeah, yeah. Like it is just such a treat. I think it's, like that's even the way as to do it. it's so brutal, like this is so for me. Yeah, I've never felt a piece of pop culture was so yeah. for me. I feel you. Um, and, and that's not to say I don't enjoy watching TV with him. I love watching TV yeah. with him. But just like this show gets my dander up so much. Yeah. Well, and just I like, just. I don't want to see a man ever. Also, I just think it's so beautiful. I'm like, it I don't want to talk about. I mean, I obviously we have a podcast, so I do want to talk about it. <laughs> Whoa. But I want to, I want to be able to like enjoy it. Yeah. I need to be more patient. <laughs> I think. Oh, uh, I want to I want to do a correction. Wait, wait, I have to tell his joke. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell his uh, joke and then I have to make so a correction. Janine is giving birth and he goes, wow, she's going to push so hard or other eye will fall out, <laughs> which did crack me up. So worth sharing. You're very funny. I love you. Um, I wonder I wonder, too, if like when certain people have like a surrogate give birth for them Mm -hmm. i wonder if it helps them to go through some of these similar things like i want to be right next to you i want to feel like this is my baby too Mm -hmm. like like i i'm sure that there is a a group of people who like to do something similar to this and there's nothing wrong with that no but like totalitarian and also if you're not you know pretending to give birth yeah like that's insulting yeah my correction is this. Mm. I have been saying that the book came out in 1989. That is wrong. Oh. The book came out in 1985. I think oh. my uh, mass market paperback came out in 1989. Okay, because I've been saying 1984 because I've been thinking that was relevant. But we're so weird. <laughs> so we're, we're close. I'm surprised that nobody corrected us on that. We're circling around. Uh, we're doing it. We're doing it. Then we get, uh, you know, they they leave finally. And she's actually she's gotten some information from Off Glen. She tells Off Glen that the commander has asked her to see him privately mm-hmm. and off Glenn is like i'm gonna try to get some info for you and she couldn't find anything out but nick has warned offred yeah. after she flashes a little knee she does that was very that was brazen done. it was I very brazen it made me be like huh knees are cool she even goes further she like hikes it up a little bit to pull it down yeah it's like we're getting a tiny bit of up thigh mm-hmm. it's uh it's, it's the most erotic thing that's happened so far <laughs> <laughs> true that he has warned her that off Glenn is dangerous 
Which and, is interesting. I don't. I mean, obviously that doesn't happen in the book at all. No. And so she's like, um, okay, whatevs. She's my shopping partner, brah. Mm-hmm. I'm a little confused that he does that. I mean, knowing what we know about Nick, I'm a little confused as to why he does that. I don't fully understand the game that they're playing with mm-hmm. Nick yet. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it is. I think it's equally as interesting as it is in the book. Okay. I don't think so far they haven't shown me anything that's more interesting than it is right. in the book. But I am still intrigued because I think we, you know, we find out much earlier that he's an eye. And I mean, I think that's sort of like this is supposed to like foreshadow that he's the eye. I mean, I think it's actually telegraphed a lot. You know, he drives a black van. <laughs> What's got those boxes? What is in those? <laughs> They're all glass eyes They're for Janine. <laughs> anyway, so she tells off Glenn and she's like, oh, well, he's right. Like, you shouldn't trust anybody, especially not a carpet munching gender trainer. And I'm like, Rory got jokes. She got lucky. She jokes. is so good in this. She's I, excellent. I think boning down with uh, Pete from Mad Men. <laughs> You know, they say talent isn't contagious, but she is definitely an argument in the opposite direction. She's exquisite in this. She's Alexis so amazing in this. Job. I am so proud of her. Me too. Good I for am you. I'm so proud of her. Right on, man. So she she goes back and she goes, you know, it's it's time to go meet the commander. Uh-huh. Oh, can we also give a tiny moment of props to whoever stunt boob is in uh, the nurse's Oh, my God. You know it's what? It's got to be that kid's actual mom. You know that I hate boobs I know you do. and breastfeeding i know you do. i don't Did hate boobs but you? like no i thought it was really cool. i loved it i loved it too i loved it this show made me not hate breastfeeding i think it's beautiful and it's obviously like it's got to be like that kid's yeah mom, and it's not real weird well yeah and uh you know it's just it's real hard to get a kid to latch oh it must be confusing as a baby actor if there's another lady like holding because she's holding the baby like very close by Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would I would be confused if I was that little baby, but good use of on screen boobs, definitely. And it was so not ma- like there's nothing sexual about no, it. It's it is maternal beautiful. and bonding, and I'm like, Love oh, it. I get it. And that's I what, see how people could enjoy this. That's the last. I mean, that's one of the the knives in Janine is mm-hmm. that you. This is literally something that your body does to engineer a mm-hmm. bond between you and this baby, mm-hmm. and they're making her do it with yep. this baby that she doesn't. She's not supposed to bond with. It's so cruddy. I think that's when I started crying again. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so going back to Alfred, going into the commander's office. She uh, has just such a great, there? such a great monologue. Ooh. As a horror connoisseur, I was like, oh my god. And she's like, you know, she's like, I don't want to be that fucking stupid girl. And but she, but she also has no choice. Yeah. Um. So she goes in. He's in there. He's like, hey, you can look at me. Yeah. And she's like, okay. He like makes her sit down at a place where he doesn't mean to settle and sit down. That's weird. I think she, she just yeah. directed her to So then couches. he's like, I want to play a game. And I'm like, what is this saw? <laughs> <laughs> Plus his office looks like Dumbledore's office. It's yeah. Like very weird lighting choices. And then also at one point, my man uh, owner was like, I like that office. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> mm, this may not work out. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, he wants to play a game. Mm-hmm. They play Scrabble and they use a lot of the same words that they used in the book. Yeah. I, I noticed. Did you pause it to see what they were spelling? Uh, some of them. I didn't pause it, but like I saw like Zephyr is the one I always remember. No, it's a zygote. Oh. Zygote being uh, the, the baby in your tummy. Mm-hmm. I paused it and looked at some words. It was zygote irises. Awkward is on the left hand side of the screen. You can see the, the tail end of the word awkward, which is hilarious. Uh, and then pride. 
not as in P-R-I-D-E, P-R-I-E-D. So like pulled away oh, from. Like so the babies like, from the birth mothers. It's very intentional. And I, I think that's interesting. Uh, well, you know that that was like some, like that was like in Margaret Atwood's writer. She's like, hmm, how sardonic can we make the Scrabble game? I want to slap Elizabeth Moss and I want sardonicness in the Scrabble. Now, are you a, when you're picking letters for Scrabble, are you a put them face down in the box gal or are you a bad gal? I'm a bad gal. I'm a bad gal as well. I'm a bad gal. Unnecessary work. I agree. I agree. I'm glad we're on the same page. Cool. Cool. Uh, Please tweet at us. Hashtag bad gal or box gal. (laughs) Uh, Just so we know your Scrabble pref. Um, So, yeah. So they play Scrabble and like they're bantering a bit. She, he's like he's like oh i'm going out of town but we can do it again and she's like i'll clear my schedule and the grossest thing ever uh you mean the the handshake see if you can squeeze me in. Oh. i already do that every month sir sir <laughs> sir so they do the the dialogue when when he tells her to go home is pretty much the same he walks mm-hmm. her to the door he doesn't ask her to kiss him which I think it's almost creepy. It's almost weird because he like shakes her hand and his hand looks like um the guy in Happy Gilmore, the golf coach, like how he has that fake hand because that alligator bit it off. Like that's what it like the lighting and like his hand just looks weird. He also does like I think a very Hannibal Lecter like just tiny stroke of the outside of her hand. Can I say like my other criticism of this episode other than the one which I have a feeling we're about to discuss. I think Offred is too smiley this whole episode because she's she's smiley a bunch in this episode and I think it's, I it's think open it's a, for it's her a to defense smile. mechanism. No, no, no. But I think it's it lessens the actual climax of this. Right. Because we're supposed to get that she after this fucking weirdo day, she goes home and she feels something coming out of her and it's a laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, so since we've seen her kind of smirking all day, it's like, bitch laughs. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it, it wasn't as powerful. It was certainly powerful, but it wasn't as powerful in the book when it's like manic I agree, laughing. but I also think the book overall is a lot more dour than the show. Oh, the book is way more dour. And sometimes I like that and sometimes it bothers me. We'll mm-hmm. get into next episode how I feel about Serena Joy's demeanor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the thing oh, that you hated. Boy. Which you're wrong about, but... Okay, so the issue on the table... Okay. The issue on the table. (laughs) (laughs) Hamilton. I love this. She walks out of the house the next day to Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me. And then when she gets to the gate, she, like, fist pumps. And does she? No, she she doesn't. No, she doesn't. But fucking fuck that song. Nah, nah, nah. Okay, to me, again... State your case. State your case. Okay. This... the Breakfast Club is a touchstone for white people everywhere, intergenerationally, <laughs> for whatever reason. She gets very few victories. And right. having kind of navigated this weird Scrabble fetish uh-huh. and, like, come out alive. And also she gets important information right. that the, or, you know, potentially important information that, that Commander Waterford's going to D.C. Mm-hmm. for these meetings. And she's she's feeling her swag. I she's feeling it. her swag. And it makes sense to me that this is sort of like her internal, like, you know, hype music. What Mitch said also that I think is an interesting reading of this is that it's kind of 
turning the idea of like this 80s like romance like on its head it's mm-hmm. like i'm dating the cool guy in school but the renegade guy is jealous of me <laughs> which is interesting and i know that was the thought behind it i don't like it because i think it is extremely jarring and not but like, i like how jarring it is yeah but i don't think like i found the um you don't own me to be the perfect amount of yeah like, and other people perfect. have been like that's on the, it like I've been seeing a lot of the recappers online be like, that was so on the nose, but I didn't care. And I think that's a testament to how great this show is, is that can it do these really on the nose music cues? I wish. And I am like, go for it. Do more on the nose okay. music cues. I just found that this was too drying. It totally took me out of it. It didn't, to my mind, it didn't compliment. It like bothered me. It took me totally out of it. And here's the thing is I'm, I love this use of music in the show. This is the only instance that I was like, nope, can't take it so i have like i have an alt and i think it's i think it's important to convey that like she is riding high in victory yeah, yeah, yeah. i think things might be turned around for old offering mm-hmm. and then <laughs> the episode ends with like nope just kidding okay um what's your alt my alt is mr sandman it's not of this era nope no nope, nope, i think it nope, is i think it is no nope, because nope. we we're talking about the idea of like it's still playing off that idea of this like pseudo romance like fun time and also like that's a very like baby centric song too so i think that would be fun and then cut it off right when it well i don't like your song either i love it i love it because don't you forget about me off glenn's gone i get it but it's so like like i said i expected her at the gate to be like woo. yeah but she wasn't yeah no i don't like it it was about it was about this cool guy it was about her feeling cool this is like I get it. the only other scene that I have liked this much mm-hmm. um, with the music cue. And I don't even remember what the music cue was in the last season of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> they finally let all of the peaky bitches like have like their like lad mag beer commercial moment. Uh-huh. I was so here for it. Oh, the coked up pregnant lady was there. <laughs> Aunt Paul was there. Wow. Uh, the other one. I forget who the other one is. Anyway. They were all going this to a feminist my, rally. Anyway, I will watch Harlots, though, too, because Harlots has dope music cues. Bitch, I am so busy. I know you are. I but am so I'm busy. I want to I want to watch it. You need to fit this in. Look, I am. Wait till it's done. Maybe wait till it's done. OK, maybe I'll wait till it's done. I'm also I have to go to South Carolina this week. Well, <sighs> <laughs> sorry if you live in South Carolina. The last time that I went to South Carolina, I ordered bacon and it tasted terrible. Ooh. I don't know how that's possible. That's unholy. It is unholy. So anyway, I'm going to be there for like two and a half days so we can disagree about anyway this so yeah so we if disagree you, please 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 tell us what you think about this uh we'll yeah because a discussion I mean, on facebook i've on seen uh, like the general consensus is that it's too jarring it's not tonally appropriate mm-hmm. obviously i don't agree but that's been the consensus so okay. i i understand that i am potentially in the minority here okay but and I, I will brainstorm further alts and you know what's funny actually I retrofitted her with sunglasses yeah. in remembering this. Of course. Like, I'm like, I'm like thinking about it. And then I watch it. Like, doesn't she put a sunglasses? <laughs> oh, boy. See, that's what's wrong with it. That's no, man. No, man. They're metaphysical sunglasses. No. It's so great. It's amazing. Honestly, I'll tell you what. I would fucking take if we're going to go for like 90s theme. Let's do some flagpole sitter. <gasps> All right, I will concede on okay. flagpole sitter. There we go. But but Bruce Miller disagrees for some reason. He doesn't like flagpole sitter. No, I'm saying he, he said specifically. No, I'm saying all of his songs are from the '80s. Oh, okay. Like okay. pop music just stopped for him. <laughs> He's yeah. like hip hop. More like what? No, hop? you know what? I would take. 
oh, geez, this is not upbeat enough. But I would take like a Madonna song. Or I would take I just, like, Missy Elliott Work It. Uh, oh. <laughs> I would take Milkshake. <laughs> no, oh I my God. I would. I, would. I, would I love Khalees. I would watch the fan reboot where <laughs> she's like, my Milkshake. Okay, I would take that just because that would crack me. See up, now but. I want to now now I want to like create an entire like supercut of like <laughs> all the things that could have been perfect, perfect. At any rate, uh, we should wrap this one up. Oh boy, I we think. got a lot more to go. <laughs> we have a lot more to go. We do, but it's fun, it's right? Very fun. I like it. It's fun, fun. Times. I like it very much. Oh, the phrase that has not come up in the show. It has yet. not yet, but episode four is titled this. Oh, it is? So okay. yeah, so it'll be then. fine. Right. Yeah. Okay. No leite. No leite. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We're out of practice. It's been a couple days. Nolite take Mustardes Carborundorum.